Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. It's fantastic to be back again with our new episode. Kunal, I see what's happening here. You just did a botas on me. You jumped me at the start. <laughs> well, I'm not going to admit to anything of that sort, but I just couldn't resist starting this episode. And I think we've had a really good race in Australia. Lots of talking points for us to discuss. Yeah, guys, and like always, we have lots of talking points other than the race itself. Uh, but Kunal, before we get started, what do you think about what Ralf Schumacher said? Do you think it's true that there's no new Botas and that Hamilton's floor damage was the reason why he couldn't challenge Botas for the win? Well, honestly, it is just one race. So I would wait for a few more races before concluding whether we have a Valtteri badass or not. And uh, I also feel that a lot of people are saying that there's a new Bota suddenly because of, you know, his expletive-laden post-race message. <laughs> yeah, but it's true, you know, to whomsoever it may concern those famous, famous words. You know, Kunal, we should make a t-shirt. I think it'll sell in like thousands. But the reason why somebody's probably not made a t-shirt yet is because there's another Finnish driver who has... A better saying yet. So Vantry <laughs> needs to work a little harder to get little in the... little harder. You know, I know what I'm doing phase. A little so. harder. But yeah, you know, I would like to add that even if Hamilton had a perfectly able car, he would have still finished second. Uh, maybe the gap would have been lesser. And we know how Mercedes runs their races. The driver at the front gets priority in the pits. And it's too early in the season to impose team orders. At least that's what I think it would have gone down as. Yes. And in this whole debate of whether 2019 rules are working or not, the one rule that we see in action but don't notice as much is that of driver weight. You know, drivers like Botas are leading a far more healthier lifestyle. And I'm sure that this too has a positive effect on performance. So guys, in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast, we wonder if the famous five start lights will be repositioned come Bahrain. Does Daniel Ricciardo need to change his mindset and approach now that he's racing for a midfield team? Did NASA ask Hamilton if his four world championships with Mercedes were fake? Ouch. Yes. And why everyone needs to stop overreacting to Ferrari asking Charles Leclerc to stay behind Sebastian Vettel in Australia. And guys, later in the show, we have Ashley Blutman back on the Inside Line F1 podcast. She witnessed the 2019 Australian Grand Prix live from the stands and she is there sharing her experiences yet again. And guys, we'd love to remind you that we are currently one of two Formula One podcasts featured on the Apple uh, podcast store, the other one being the official Formula One podcast. So thank you very much for your support, listens, comments and shares. Yeah. And guys, we'd like to request you to just go ahead and please rate us on the Apple podcast store or actually whatever platform you're listening to us on. It'll really help us uh, consolidate our position in the market of sports and F1 podcasts further. Thank you so much. Right. So back to Valtteri Bottas. You know, whether it's a new avatar or not, I really like Bottas's aggressive approach, especially when he defied Mercedes to go chasing the fastest lap of the race. He said he wanted to get those 26 points and why not? Absolutely. I think drivers ignoring team orders is damn good for Formula One. And also, I'm all for this extra point for fastest lap of the race. I mean, you know, see how Bottas and Verstappen were attempting to score this extra point. It was super exciting. And, you know, I, I know a lot of you have written in saying that the 21 extra points will be reserved for the top three teams. 
But you know, just to see them fight for that one extra points adds so much joy. In 2018, Kevin Magnussen was the only non-Ferrari, non-Mercedes and non-Red Bull driver to score a fastest lap. But that said, uh, Ferrari actually had the option to score a fastest lap point with Charles Leclerc. He had a free pit stop available because, you know, the houses were way behind. But Ferrari missed out on that opportunity as well. My, my. Kunal, are we already getting started about Ferrari's missed opportunities? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that said, even if Ferrari had pitted uh, Charles Leclerc for new tyres, there's no guarantee that he had the pace to go and get the fastest lap of the race. True. Okay, final point on Mercedes. Hamilton asked NASA if the moon landings were faked. Can you imagine he actually asked them that? Now, I wonder if NASA asked Lewis Hamilton if his four world championships were thanks to almost no sustained challenge from any other teams. Big ouch. Uh, That would surely hurt a lot of people, Kunal. Come on. I mean, I'm just being honest. You know, if Hamilton can ask an honest question, why can't I? And I will here admit that 2018 was... Hamilton's most deserved uh, world championship win as a Mercedes driver. But no more debates, comments on this. Let's just move on before I get a lot of hate coming my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick. Uh, Here's a statistic I read in Valtteri Bottas' favor. So if a team finishes 1-2 in Melbourne, the winning driver and team have claimed the world championship seven times in the history of the sport. And well, if 2019 is going to be a Mercedes domination, I really hope that Valtteri Badass can take the fight to Lewis. Hamilton. Super agree. Kunal, any other points from Australia? I think Pierre Gasly and Robert Kubica shared a very interesting point. They were unable to see the start lights from their grid positions and this could have been due to the increased height of the rear wings. And I must say I am a bit surprised because uh, we've had tall rear wings in the pre-2014 era as well. But I'm pretty sure this is an easy fix and Formula 1 will fix it by Bahrain because it's just about moving lights, right? In fact, Gasly said that he lost out to Kivat at the exit of the pits because of the lower tyre blanket temperature. Remember, guys, the rear tyre blanket temperatures are down to 80 degrees from the previous 100 degrees. Yeah, you know, this is strange again. And if there are multiple complaints from drivers, I think Formula 1 and Pirelli should just go back on the rule. Uh, You know, no point just creating obvious disadvantages for drivers you know i mean the drs is obvious enough (laughs) guys just a reminder if you ever meet kunal in person please don't ask him about his views on the drs he can and he will go on and on and on and on i tell you what they should rename the drs to the wrs which is a wretched rear wing system like i told you guys he's gonna go on and anyway now it's time to move on uh fans are annoyed that ferrari used team orders in australia Personally, I am not surprised. It's too early in the season to do anything to rattle Vettel's confidence, don't you think? (laughs) Absolutely. And I was taken aback at Leclerc's radio message. He asked if he should stay behind Sebastian Vettel. I mean, that is such a negatively framed question. And firstly, he shouldn't have just asked. He should have just attacked. But we, of course, know why he didn't attack. And guys, I know that I'm being a little harsh on a driver who's battling at like over 300 kilometers per hour. And for who? English isn't a primary language. But still, this is how I felt when I actually saw the incident. Yeah, Kunal, the next time you're interviewing Leclerc for our show, just let him hear hear your thoughts, I would say. Max Verstappen scored Honda's first podium since their return to Formula 1. Now, that was unexpected. Uh, Promptly a few days later... 
fresh funding for the Dutch Grand Prix was announced, the local government will offer 4 million euros to bring Formula 1 to Max Verstappen's homeland. Yes, another European venue on the calendar means another race, race option for us to travel to and report from. But guys, remember, hold your horses. The 4 million euros isn't the full amount and the final deadline to sign off the contract with Formula 1 is 31st of March. So let's please keep our fingers crossed that we have a Dutch Grand Prix, especially for all our Dutch listeners. Gunal, in fact, I think we should do a Red Bull racing. Each time we talk of Max Verstappen, we should just somehow bring Ricardo into the context. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way they still go about glorifying. In fact, they're doing that with Pierre Gasly as well. They keep talking of how, uh, you know, he was a better option and has more potential than Carlos Sainz Jr. They need to really stop making these comparisons. Yeah, speaking of Ricardo and his debut with Renault, I honestly have mixed feelings about it. I mean, not just about his freak incident at the start, but then, you know, the story that followed about Ricardo being overworked due to his media and sponsor commitments. I think it's the first time that we've had an excuse coming from the Ricardo camp for non-performance. Now, that is a bloody good observation. And I think Daniel Ricardo will probably just have to change his mentality. He is no longer driving for a front-running team and he will actually need to adapt to racing for a midfield team. I mean, he will have to be in street fighter mode at all the races, a mode that he's, you know, well known for. And uh, he will also have to be careful to not overdrive his car. You know, I think he probably did that at the start in Melbourne. And let me put it this way. This is Ricardo's home track. He should have known that that patch of uneven tarmac or grass or whatever it was existed. Yeah, I wonder how they also missed it during the track walk. Guys, but the sweetest message we got was from our three-year-old goddaughter Zena. She lives in Sydney. Uh, she was watching the, the race in Australia and she asked us if Ricardo would have cried after losing his nose. <laughs> so sweet. It was actually a first Grand Prix viewing experience on television. And you guys can go over to our Facebook page and check out how excited she actually was. Kunal, we're doing a favor to Formula One, you know, catching them young. <laughs> <laughs> But all in all, Renault and Ricardo need to work doubly hard to ensure that they don't get forgotten in 2019. And of course, the British teams, Williams and McLaren as well, they need to work quadruply hard, I think. Uh, will we ever see them nearer to the front again? Big question that we all you know, have pretty much every episode that we record. But we have to talk of Lando Norris. Hats off or helmets off to him for a brilliant lap in qualifying. McLaren sent out a release saying that they're uh, launching a new e-store. Uh, going by how Norris lost out on points despite starting P8, I think McLaren needs to launch a new car too. <laughs> Zach Brown, I know you're listening. Well, Brown's friend, Fernando Alonso, has invested in motorsport games, a Brown-managed company. So, you know what Nexus I'm trying to talk of here, guys. By the way, Fernando Alonso said that he could explore a return to Formula 1 after about three years. That means that he could return to Formula 1 to win world championships and races, hopefully, after he's crossed the ripe age of 40. You know, 40 is the new 30, <laughs> as they call it. But yeah. yeah, I'm wondering if he'd want to come back and race for his friend Brown or if his friend Brown is still going to be around then. Who knows? Ouch, that's a... <laughs> it's Formula 1. That reminds me, since we're talking of the British teams, a big shout out to... 
the University of Bristol Motorsports Society. We we guys know you all love listening to our show. Thank you, Louis Munchi, for your fantastic comments on our Facebook page. Uh, we know you guys race in a series called the British University is Karting. So all the best for the upcoming season. Good luck, guys. Right, Sergio Perez, he made a strong claim that could see the Strolls be pissed off at him already. This is despite, you know, Lance Stroll beating Sergio Perez to the point scoring positions in Australia. Uh, Perez said that Racing Point is my project. And personally, I think the only two people who can make such a claim are the Strolls. But it was good to see Lance score points in Australia. He said he finally had a race car for himself. And uh, I also noticed something very weird in Australia. And I don't know, we'll probably investigate more in Bahrain. So the drivers who qualified lower and ran the reverse tyre strategy benefited from the drivers who qualified higher and ran the conventional tyre choices. So what I mean is that, you know, Danny Kivat, Lance Stroll, Pierre Gasly and the likes had better results in the race than Sergio Perez and Alexander Albon thanks to their reverse tyre strategy. Reverse meaning they started on the mediums and then switched to the softs. That's very interesting, Kunal. Anyway, guys, it's now time for the famous, the fabulous What Wolf Said This Week section. So, Wolf said that Mercedes want the budget cap, but they want to know how the sport will police it. I think that's the moot point, honestly. Yes, you know, all teams have different structures. Like, for example, Ferrari make engines, they make the chassis and everything else. While Haas just buys the engine and lots of other components from Ferrari. So in a case like this, how would the sport ensure correct budgetary allocations? Also, what if Ferrari starts using Haas's budget? So there are a lot of considerations and I'm really eager, Kunal, to see what proposal Formula One puts forward between now and Bahrain. Because I hear that this is the timeline for the meeting. Wolf also said that this year's Red Bull is different. Now, isn't that something we all say after trying a new variant of their energy drinks as well? You know, like... <laughs> Especially when they all just end up tasting the same otherwise. Less sugar, less caffeine and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Kunal, closing notes. What did you think of Formula One's new TV graphics? Well, I think they were more slick. They definitely looked more modern... And uh, I have a comment to read out from Donovan Johnson. He made this comment on our Facebook page. He found it weird that the down gears went to the right while the up gears went left. Basically, you know, inverse to what humans are usually used to seeing. And he was referring to the graphics that were fired on the DRS while, uh, you know, they were showing uh, the onboard footage of, you know, any particular driver. Nico Rosberg said that in his view, the five lights went out faster than him he has ever seen before in Australia. And this could be, of course, because of the new race starter. Or maybe, Kunal, everyone was just eager to get started with the first Formula One race of the 2019 season. <laughs> I have to speak about the Netflix Formula One show again. Uh, I know that uh, the, the episode we had last week about this show went viral and you guys loved a few of our comments. Thank you again. But we also we also hear that Formula One and the team sponsors are pleased with the added buzz around the sport and that Mercedes said that they refused to participate in the show because Ferrari did. Now, was this one of Maurizio Arriva Ben's bad decisions for Ferrari? <laughs> Speaking of missed opportunities. <laughs> and I think it was foolish of Ferrari to decline the opportunity just because Ferrari declined it. I mean... 
Mercedes otherwise are working so hard to appeal to the younger audiences. Yeah, so uh, one of our youngest listeners and most avid Formula One fans, Ashley Blutman, she's back on our show. Uh, Ashley witnessed the Australian Grand Prix live from the Albert Park circuit, and this is what she had to say about her experience. Over to you, Ashley. Hi, it's Ashley, and it's great to be back on Inside Line after such a great time at the Australian Grand Prix. I even got to walk a bit on the track. Oh my goodness, Daniel Ricciardo, his first race with the new team and the new season and he couldn't even get to the first corner. Australia's only Formula 1 driver tries too hard, clips his wing on the grass, causing it to come off and send him to the back of the grid. He was so far behind that every time he came around the corner, it was only him and one other car. I'm surprised half of the fans didn't get up and leave because it was all over then. So disappointing for him and the Renault team. There were such high expectations. Excuses didn't help him, though. He'd just have to try more next time. Well done to Valtteri Bottas. An amazing win for him. Having a five-time world champion as a teammate would be quite hard at times. Bottas had had great pace all weekend and it was just his day last Sunday. He cruised through the race like he was still on holidays. It's exciting to see what he will bring to the table this season after such a fabulous start. Maybe Bottas can be a real competitor for Lewis this year. Great first race, Charles. He had great pace with Ferrari during the race and it was very close to Sebastian the whole time. At the end of the race, Charles' tyres were practically new compared to Sebastian's, but he wasn't passing him at any stage during the race. Was Charles on team order? It was the first time of the season and he might not have been allowed to even go full pace and try his best. How's that for a good race? I don't want to see Leclerc not being able to drive his hardest this season. It was a bit disappointing seeing Pierre Gasly's performance compared to Max Verstappen's. Pierre has the same car as Max, but he was not at all near Max's pace. He finished 11th and Max finished 3rd. He couldn't even pass Kivat in the Toro Rosso. I thought Red Bull was supposed to be the quicker team. Just to let you know, drivers, Lando Norris is one driver I'd be keeping an eye on. He did very well for McLaren and finished 12th. Last year, McLaren were finishing near the bottom, so Norris had definitely stepped it up and it's only his first race ever in Formula 1. I love experience the F1 in person. The 2019 F1 season opening at Federation Square was a fantastic way to showcase Melbourne. They introduced all the drivers and teams with a little video and then brought them out onto the stage. At the end, there was cannons going off with red confetti. There were so many fans and people wanting to come see the drivers and teams. Everyone was so enthusiastic and exciting for this day. It was really incredible. Federation Square was so packed with fans waiting for their role models. I can't wait for another opening in Melbourne next time. I love watching it in my hometown. It's fantastic to see everything I normally know quite well transformed into this new and amazing track that 20 famous F1 drivers drive on. This year I was sitting at a great spot in the track, turn 6 and 7. It was a really good spot because their cars slowed down to turn the corner showing us how good their cars were. I also thought the other activities 
the F1 organisers set up, like the Jaguar car circuit, were a great idea. Every year they just keep on improving the weekend and making it more enjoyable. It was such a great weekend, a great race and a fantastic start to the season. Bring on Bahrain! Thank you very much, Ashley. We always love hearing from you, especially of your trackside experiences. Let's really hope that Daniel Ricciardo's luck and form turn for the better from Bahrain. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us this week. Remember to tune in next week. We'll be back a few days before the 2019 Bahrain Grand Prix. Stay safe and drive well.